Good morning and welcome to our summer chapel service once again. Uh, please join me in the prayer for Wednesday morning. You'll find that on page 169 in the front portion of your hymnary. Page 169. The prayer for Wednesday morning. Unto you, O Heavenly Father, I direct my first thoughts and lift up my heart in prayer, that I may live and walk in you alone. Be my fortress this day, as you have been my protection through this night, for which I thank you with my whole heart. Watch this day also over my soul and my members. May I also turn to you in true penitence, Cleanse me from all wickedness and uncleanness. May I walk in your fear in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, and trusting in his precious merits, I give myself to you altogether with all that you have bestowed upon me. Bless me in him with whatever pleases you. Grant me wisdom and strength to perform the duties of the calling in which you have placed me. May your holy angels accompany me and mine in all our ways and help us to walk together in love in the narrow path which leads to your heaven. To this end, help us by your Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Our scripture reading for our meditation today is taken from St. John's Revelation, the seventh chapter, beginning with verse 13. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. You may be seated. About 10 years ago, there was a viral video that became very popular, and it was actually part of a commercial for something, but they took a, an NBA player, a player in the Professional Basketball Association, and um, they dressed him up as if he was an elderly man. Uh, his name was Kyrie Irving. He had been the Rookie of the Year the previous year, but they, they disguised him to look like somebody who was now maybe in his upper 70s. Put a beard on him, gray beard, grayed his hair, put glasses on him, had him had him kind of walked, hunched over. And, and then he went to a playground basketball court in order to, uh, in order to try to get into a, a game that was going on with a bunch of guys in their 20s. And of course, at the beginning of the game, he, he pretended to be sort of this old man, and they were making fun of him and kind of joking about him. And all of a sudden, he let his talents take over and started just totally schooling these guys. And showing them what, well, how much better of a player he was. He had placed himself into a contest that he very clearly could shine and his talents would rise above everybody else. I like to use that as a little picture for one of the temptations that you and I can sometimes have spiritually in our world. As Christians who know God's word and have been blessed to know Christ and have had that brought into our lives and our hearts and into our sanctified Christian lives. Sometimes we like to put ourselves into moral contests with people where we, we know we can win, where we know we can kind of come out looking better than other people. We like to put ourselves into comparison situations where, where our superiority and our lives of sanctification clearly are higher than those of other people. And it's a, a temptation for Christians of all ages. Since the 1980s, there's been a, uh, a genre of TV shows that likes to exploit this inside of all people, this sense of moral superiority. There's always been, and there probably always will be, certain types of shows, often reality shows, where we are invited to mock and laugh at and make fun of people who are so much either more stupid than us or where we can feel tremendous moral superiority over them. Even recently, they claim in the last 10 years, there have been more than a dozen shows about people who struggle with obesity. The show Cheaters has been running on TV for 21 years, where couples are exposed with uh, problems with adultery and things. And they claim that the, the psychological reason that, that these shows are popular is, is because it feeds into this sense inside of humanity that there's something about me that's better than other people. And I feel a sense of superiority then when I compare myself 
to some of these horrible situations. And as Christians in this world, it's a double problem for us because uh, having been blessed with the gift of faith and a life of sanctification that flows from that, it's very natural for us and it's, it's very easy for us to find other people that we can match ourselves up with where we are far and above them when it comes to moral superiority. But here's the problem. We can sometimes be tempted to take that same sense of how we look at other people in the world and think that somehow that's also how we have a standing before God. As if somehow this this sense of goodness and righteousness that we sense in ourselves when it comes to uh, applying it to contests in this world, that somehow that transfers to how we now would relate to this holy God in heaven. But the demands that God makes on you and me are in a completely different stratosphere than, than the little contests that we can have here in this life. The demands that God makes on me and on you are of a much, much higher and greater stratosphere. He says, you shall be holy as I, the Lord your God, am holy. Be perfect, Jesus says, as your Father in heaven is perfect. Jesus said to those listening to him, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. The Pharisees were trying constantly to apply the laws of God to every little nook and cranny of their life. Jesus says, unless your righteousness exceeds that, you're not going to heaven. Those are some pretty high demands on us. So even though we might have a a, a good feeling about ourselves when we look at others in this world, and have you ever noticed that it's easy for us when we come home to talk badly about people when we hear some story of their sin? That's a pretty easy thing to talk about. Why? Because it's that same problem in us. It's a little bit harder to tell people good news about something wonderful that someone has done. So this, this thing that's churning inside of us, it's a self-pride and a self-righteousness, is something that, that our Lord uh, wants us to address and consider. Many, many years ago, there was a man in a congregation I was serving who enjoyed what what you might call a stellar Christian um, reputation. Was just thought of as one of the most wonderful Christian people. And the people that knew him just, just always spoke so highly of him. And he came in to talk to me one day because he was bothered by this. He was bothered by the fact that so many people had such a high opinion of him. And here's why. He said, the reason is because I start to buy into that. I start to to think that way about myself, and I know the reality about my condition. I know what I'm really like. I know what my thoughts can be like, and my feelings can be like, and the things that motivate me can be like. And I'm I'm doing a great job, he said, of, of keeping people from seeing the reality of what I really am inside, and I can start to buy into that reputation I've developed. The Bible comes to us and looks at you and me, no matter how great we are, and says, all our righteousness is as filthy rags. Can't get more in our face than that. The best that you can do in your life, the the best, most moral, moral superior contest you can win among other people in this world, God comes to you and me and says, the best you have is like a stinking pile of rags in your garbage. 
True goodness and righteousness before God consists in absolutely nothing, nothing but knowing Christ. Absolutely nothing but knowing Christ. The perfect record that alone is going to stand up on Judgment Day to the demands of a holy God is not some act of righteousness that you have to create or participate in. You could never do it well enough. But it is a passive righteousness that God simply gives to you and credits to you because of the work of his son. So the holiness that you need to be led into heaven is not something that that God somehow injects into you as a Christian so you can live it out and and kind of help, help make everything so good that God will be pleased with you. Rather, it's something that he just has to give you credit for through the work of Christ. Always keep in mind the thief on the cross. Okay, The thief on the cross. His life was so stinking putrid that society had to execute him. And yet in his dying moments, through a humble faith in his Savior, he is credited before God with being a saint and promised paradise. His his righteousness is just as equal with St. Paul or Moses or any of the other great heroes of faith we might think about at that moment. So one of the built-in problems that we have as Christians is we, we don't see this holiness in ourselves. The very robes that we wear spiritually by faith that being talked about here, talking about those who are in heaven, these white robes of righteousness that cover us because of Christ, they're invisible. We can't see them. Our status of being a saint is something that, that's hard for us to sometimes remember and to grasp. Back in 2012, there were some children who were out playing under a bridge in Wyoming, and they found the dead body of a homeless man, and he was in his 30s. And it turned out, when people did some research on who this man was, uh, even though he was a homeless man living under a bridge, that for the past year, he had been um, a millionaire, and he never knew it. Uh, A woman in New York City had died, and he was one of her heirs in her will, and he was worth $19 million dollars but he never knew about it. And I'm sure if you had interviewed him weeks before his death, he could never have described to you that he had that kind of financial status. By God's divine law, through the work of Christ, God has declared every one of you to be holy in his sight, to be as pure and holy and righteous as Jesus Christ himself. But we don't see that about ourselves. We don't feel that status because we know what's going on with ourselves. We know the sins that we struggle with. We know what our lives are like. We know the problems that go through our minds and our hearts. But it doesn't change the fact that in the court of God, and ultimately he's the only one that matters, in the court of the Almighty God, you are perfect. You are a saint. You are righteous. You are dressed in the white robe of his Son, And you have received that robe because the Holy Spirit working in your heart has caused you to wash that robe of your own sin in the blood of Christ. And you have now been cleansed of all of your sinfulness, so you stand as holy before him. So, in faith every day, wear that robe. Remind yourself who you are. Remind yourself of your sainthood. 
and look forward to the day you get to enter heaven with absolute confidence because of that robe. Amen. Please rise. And let us pray. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for your great mercy and love toward us, that despite our sinfulness and wickedness, you have declared us to be your children through faith in Christ. Through your word, continually remind us of this precious gift of righteousness that we now have before you, and help us to live out that faith in our day-to-day lives. We pray this all in Christ's saving name. Amen.